Good evening. Welcome to another exciting, riveting, thought-provoking episode <laughs> of the Blue Ribbon Podcast. We hope. <clears throat> we hope. We certainly intend to. Um, we're going to talk about some of these contracts. That we've talked a lot about lease contracts and um, the absolute screwing that you get uh, from these lease contracts that you don't read. But we had an experience talking to a potential driver yesterday that brought up um, another problem with these contracts that we really hadn't thought about. I remember reading some about it when some of it went down. And, uh, you know, it's been so long. It's been 25 years for me, and it's been, what, about uh, 12 years for you? Mm-hmm. Um, since we went through being green, coming into this industry and not knowing what to expect. And, and, and it's easy to forget after all these years, um, what that's like, you know, we, we just got all this experience and so much of this truck and stuff is second nature to us. We just don't think about it. <clears throat> and until we hired this driver, this youngest driver we've ever hired, um, of, of this newer generation of driver. And I realized they're not teaching map reading. And that kind of woke me up and I went, oh, God, they're not teaching maps? Like, really? Um, So we're talking to this driver and, um, you know, we're we're talking about everything, you know, and and personal finances comes up. And he mentions that he's still paying off this debt he has to this carrier. And he glass, he kind of brushes past it a couple of times before we really got a hold of what he was talking about. And then we're like, okay, wait, wait, we we, stop. Hang on a minute. We got to talk about this. And, and so it started with a lawsuit that CRST filed against Swift Trans Am. And I believe Werner where, um, a driver would leave CRST and like it go- goes, when you leave a carrier and go to another carrier, um, when you file an application with Landstar, um, they have to go through the verification process and they have to verify your trucking employment for 10 years or all of your employment for 10 years. So CRST gets these uh, employment verification requests and they say, well, that driver's under contract with us. You can't have them. And I've got to believe that the response from these other carriers was like, uh, yeah, whatever. They don't work for you anymore. They can come work for us. So Swift and Trans Am, they would just go ahead and hire these drivers until CRST sues them for millions of dollars because these drivers probably unknowingly because they don't read contracts had signed a non-compete for 10 months and had signed a con- I've read the contract. I've got a copy of it on my phone and I read it today that they would owe $6,500 and were contractually legally prohibited from driving for any other carrier for that period of 10 months. And I, you know, I, I just, I mean, y'all, I, I changed companies in the beginning of my career. Like I changed underwear, you know, it was, you just quit this one and go sign up for that one. And, you know, as long as you hadn't killed anybody 
and you didn't have a bunch of speeding tickets, it, nothing slowed you down. You just got qualified and started driving and until that company pissed you off and you went and moved to another one. But this, we're, we want to talk about this issue of contracts because Larry's got a great story that he told in episode 49 when I first brought him in here, and I'm going to have him go back through that um, because it highlights the difference of what happens when a mature, seasoned businessman comes into this industry and looks around at one point and goes, nah, this ain't for me. I'm out. Where most drivers that come in are broken next to homeless and desperate. And we're not even talking about the people that are getting roped into leases yet. You know, once they've been a driver for 36 hours, <laughs> hey, lease a truck, you know. So we really kind of need to go in, you know, because we're finding that people are finding our channel and our content. Um, and so I want to kind of lay the groundwork. If you don't have a CDL right now and you're interested in what we have to say, well, then you've got to go through that process. You've got to go to a school. You've got to get a CDL. You've got to get the requisite amount of, of previous experience before you can even come and participate in this program. Um, and so we need to talk about that a little bit. Um, and, and it's really that simple. You need to find a school that's accredited. You need to pay for it yourself. You do not need to be in bolt. And cause I've given that advice before. I'm like, well, just go find a company. They'll pay for it for you. But I don't think that's a good idea. I think you need to, if you can't come up with $5,000 to pay for your own school, you probably got bigger problems than whether or not, you know, you don't have the job. Um, you need to find a school. You need to find uh, the, the school to go to, you need to pay for it yourself. And then you need to research four or five carriers and really look into them and then make a choice of somewhere that you want to stay one or two years while you get that prerequisite experience. And then you can move on to other things. Um, so Larry, let's go back and touch on your experience a little bit, kind of where you came from in a nutshell, how you ended up in the industry and go through that school to first carrier process. <laughs> because this is a good story if you haven't heard it <laughs> i mean where do you want me to start exactly well just kind of give the basics of how how i got in this yeah from from your neighbor because it talks about that experience of having to have experience okay. to be able to do other things all right so i sold my last business prior to trucking in um 2007 and the, it was the first time I was 54 years old, I guess. Um, it was the first time in my life that I didn't have either a job or a business or something to do, you know, every day. And I found myself just wondering what the next chapter was going to be. You know, I, I, um, I it was a, it was a different feeling for me because I've never really ever been without some, you know, you know, something that required my attention, you know, and, and, and something to, you know, to, to work on all the time. And so I'm hanging out. My neighbor across the street was a, had just retired and sold his all state insurance agency. And so he's hanging out. And so we hang out together more than we normally would. Was there and, any bourbon uh, involved in this? No, he doesn't drink bourbon. There's a little beer involved. Okay. okay. But, um, 
he decided his his dad was a preacher and he very very involved in in his church and there was a guy that had a, a fleet of three um older um charter type buses that um came up for sale and he decided to that was going to be his next chapter he was going to become a charter bus company and so he bought these three buses and he had all this business but it was all pretty much church related you know youth groups and whatnot going to places and this that and the other and then then he started getting just regular customers people wanted to, there's no casinos in kentucky so you know, a lot of people were doing these these junkets, you know, to the casino for overnight or weekend or whatever. So anyway, he did a lot of that kind of stuff. And he, he uh, <laughs> oddly enough, always was looking for drivers. Imagine that. So he's uh, he's like, you know, you really need to come drive one of these buses, you know. And, you know, of course, I just keep putting him off and putting him off, and putting him off. Well, one day we probably had one, maybe too many beers and. I decided, okay, look, to shut you up, I'll go do this, okay? I don't know what I'm going to do and how I'm going to do it, but I'll I'll do it, you know. So we started, now get, get this, he's an insurance guy, okay? So um, we start the process, and it turns out that there's no way in hell that I'm going to get covering any kind of insurance policy with no experience, no CDL, no nothing, and hauling 55 people around in a bus, you know, that just was not going to happen. The only way that that would happen is if I could get my CDL and get a year's experience and then start from there. Well, I'm not doing anything, you know, and I'm thinking, well, I don't, you know, I, I don't, why not? Maybe I can see the country. I mean, you know, all those things you think about when the recruiters start talking about, you know, you know, see the world. Da, 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 da. I'm thinking, right. well, you know, I'll look into it. So we were, we have a pizza restaurant here that was our favorite. And when you go in there, they've got that rack over there with all those local job things and car pamphlets and stuff. So I pick up this jobs magazine out of there while we're ordering pizza one night, you know, about three pages in there, you know, are are these CDL schools, you know, and Mm -hmm. I'm looking at one of them is, is close by, not, not too far away. And I'm like, well, I'll go check this out. So if you know me, you know, I, I don't just stick my toe in the water. I just go ahead and jump in, you know? So mm-hmm. I load up my wife and we go up to, we go, it's this school was up in Southern Indiana across the river. We go up there and I just walk in said, look, here's what I want to do. Tell me what this is all about. Da, 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 da. You know, and, and, uh, you may have heard it's called, I think it's called truck driver Institute TDI. They got several, locations across the country but you know they were they were accredited and all that sort of stuff <clears throat> so they said well it's three weeks you know and so um, i think at that time it was sixty five hundred dollars and um you know you'll leave here with your cdl and for one year we guarantee you that a job we'll, we'll get you hired in, in for one solid year and so I thought, okay, well, I mean, let's just, you know, I, I just wrote them the check and I said, when do we start? And he said, well, Monday's a July 4th, so we'll need to start on Tuesday. I said, well, I'll be here. So here's the hotel you need to be at. So I, here I am. I show up on Tuesday morning and there's probably 30 people there. And we start filling all this paperwork. And at, at lunchtime, they took us to drug test. And when we came back from the drug test, there were nine people there. <laughs> So, 
So three weeks later, there were seven people that graduated, okay? Uh, one girl. Well, there was actually eight because there was a chick there from like the class two ahead of me that still had not <laughs> passed her skills yeah. test. So she was being recycled for the third time to pass her skills test. So we actually graduated with eight people. And so while you're there, uh, on every Thursday, you have all these recruiters that show up from all these carriers and they're trying to pitch their, you know, come to work for us. You know, we're the best, you yeah. know, and, they, and I'll have one of the drivers come by and I'll never forget TMC. You know, they would send a driver back with all that chrome and, mm-hmm. you know, they're trying to show you their truck and the get shiny you know, Peterbilt. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so, um, anyway, there was, I think there were 12 all together that showed up in the three weeks I was there. And so I did a, what they call a, well, I did an application, you know, for each one of them. And, uh, all 12 of them came back with what's called a pre-hire or something. They all would, agreed that I would be hireable for them. So, so I had 12, you had, a, you had a heartbeat and a CDL, you were qualified. I could fog a mirror, you know? Yeah. So, um, you know, I didn't know shit about driving a truck, but listen, well, please, okay, come. Yeah. So there was, I'm not going to use name. Well, I'm going to use one name because the one I went with, I mean, everybody knows anyway. I'm not going to use the other names, but there was one that sort of held themselves out as the, you know, kind of the top of the top. And I always sort of, that was always appealing to me. If I was going to do something, I wanted to do it with the best, you know, I wanted to be around yeah. the best and, you know, and so, uh, I thought, well, I kind of like that, you know, and it, it sounded good. And, and the recruiter came in and she was all hurt, her, her, she was this starch shirt. She looked like she just got out of the Marine Corps and that's how they it, get you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I just, I thought, you know, I, I can identify with that small company wasn't, wasn't big. And, and so I said, okay, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to go there, you know? So I get my marching orders and I show up at orientation and I'm there, you know, and I'm looking around and I'm like, you know, I'm not seeing this start shirt and this, this, this image that I had sitting in that school with this person giving me the, and the pay and the brochures and stuff. I'm like, you know, where, where is this? You know, was this not a double wide in a field? It was, <laughs> it was exactly what it wasn't even a double wide. It was just a single wide no. in, a, in a, in a gravel lot in Northern Alabama. Okay. And, uh, it was a Taj Mahal. No kidding. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, I, I, and now the guy that he he's got some side the guy who's teaching the the orientation thing that he's got some side hustle going on and he's got you know he's he's not paying attention to really what he here y'all just do this and and I'm going you know I I no I'm just not this is not I'm not going to do this you know it's just so I just said look you know I, I'm out okay. He goes, well, look, if you're going to leave, would you do me a favor and give this other guy a ride back to the Greyhound station? Because we're not going to hire him. And I'm like, ah, hell, bring him over. I'll bring him. So I took him to the Greyhound station and I came home. And I sat here and I thought, man, I have just wasted a whole lot of time and a pretty good amount of money for nothing, you know. And I'm kind of like, I'm bummed. I'm depressed a little bit because I'm, you know, I was, I was kind of excited about that, you know, and, and so I'm sitting here thinking what I'm going to do. And so I start looking back through the material again, a few days later, may have been a couple, may have been. Well, let's, let's later. pause on that. Let's All right. Pause sure, on that sure. Because, and I, the, the first time we told this story, um, I, I said, I'm going to say it again. 
most drivers, most individuals do not have the means to do that. They, they had to pay the company had to pay to get them there. The, the, the company had to give them the money to, to stay in the hotel. They had to pay for their, uh, their travel and the transportation and they're stuck once they, uh, if they don't have the money to get back home with, they they're done, you know? Um, and that's where I feel like this industry really kind of takes advantage of people that are in a bad spot because trucking, as we've talked about, I mean, you can be flipping burgers today at seven fifty an hour and you can be driving a truck six weeks from now, making double what you were at McDonald's, you know, that was that when I, I can remember in 1997, the guy said, well, you know, you can make $650 a week. I thought, well, hell, I'm going to be Warren Buffett. You know, <laughs> I mean, $600 a week. I was making 300 And I thought, yeah. what am I going to do with all that money? I, it was just completely foreign to me. So I think people come in and there's a legitimate step up. Um but once they're in, if you don't make a certain series of choices, at, when you come in, they've got you. They got you by the balls, and there's no way to get out. And so, just the fact that you had the maturity and the, you know, the standing to be able to say, "Nah, I'm out. No thanks," um, and then we're able to move on to the next step, which you're getting ready to talk about. Well, I think I think that's part of the problem with this is that there that there's actually, you know, it's predatory because they know that there's a lot of people that just don't have the where, you know, if we get you here, you can't leave. You know, we're going to yep. get to that a little bit later. Mm-hmm. But but my situation wasn't anything contractual. We never got to that part. It's just, look, I'm not impressed with you and your elite company at all. I mean, I, I could care. I, you know, I don't want to be here, you know. And so I just uh, never got to that. I mean, I have never, I never saw any paperwork, you know, I didn't get that far. I was there right. three days, two and a half days. And, um, and I was gone. So, but, um, so anyway, I looked through my brochures and, and the only thing that, I mean, I'm trying to figure out, I got 12 of them here, probably more than that. Cause there was more brochures that from people that didn't actually come in and recruit. So I don't know how many I had, but look, flat bedding was out because hell at 55, I'm not throwing chains and tarps around. Okay. So all those went away. So like the rail and the TMC, those, well, I'm, you know, I weren't concerned. I'm looking at the, you know, the sissy box companies and, uh, <laughs> and transport America is got a, it's really not a terminal. They, they, they share a lot with a terminal over across the river in Louisville. And I forget now the name of the company it was with, but, Anyway, I'm thinking, well, that's, I mean, it's really close by, you know? So I called for recruiter and I said, Hey, I live in Lexington, Kentucky. I'm 80 miles away from your lot up there. You know, I said, um, you know, would it be possible for me to like commute to back and forth to that where I could leave my personal vehicle there and come home and leave my truck there and on the weekends and whatnot. And I'm, hey, absolutely no big deal. No problem at all. You know? And, um, and, uh, so anyway, I thought, well, look, I'm, I'm going to give this a second chance just because of the proximity of where it was. And um, I'm looking, you know, and it's again, it's not a big country. At that time, Transport America was like 1,200 drivers, you know. And um, so I go to their uh, sign up and go to their orientation. 180 degrees difference. 
beautiful uh, facility there in Southern Indiana, full-time staff, professional, you know, everything about it, nothing but professional. And I'm like, wow, no, this is what I can identify with this, you know? And so I went on to, to, to stay there and, and, and you want to hear the rest of the story, listen to the rest of it. But, yeah. you know, I, I was there for about six months and I realized that, that, you know, if I'm going to do this, my entrepreneurial side was telling me that if I want to do this, I'm going to do it for me, not for not as a company driver. And so I started pursuing the owner operator part of this. And I guess this does tie in some degree. We might get back to it. Yeah. But they, um, you know, they told me that's not impossible that, you know, you're, you've only been driving for six months, but you have to be at least a year before we even consider you. Uh, in the um, in the lease purchase program or the owner operator program or anything like that, and, and so I um, I tell this story in depth. I won't go into all those details, uh, but anyway, I started pursuing it, and uh, and I was um, I called this guy every week. I think every every Friday I called. I think his name was Mark. I called him every Friday, and said, "Well, I still want to be an owner operator." <laughs> and he said, "Well, you still have a year in." And I'm like, "Well, I'm not going to be here a year." if you don't let me do this, I'll be, I'll be known right there somewhere else. So anyway, eventually at, at the eight month mark, they gave in and, and they got tired of me calling. And so they said, well, we'll let you do it. And at the nine month mark on June 9th in 2009, I went and bought my first truck and, uh, and Oh, by the way, I didn't lease purchase it. You know, uh, I went to the lot and wrote a check for it. So, um, but you know, and I realized I was older and had a lot of experience and had wherewithal, you know, wasn't the normal, you know, young kid that comes into trucking. But the, the moral behind the story is that, look, even if I didn't have the $6,500 to go write a check at the CDL school, you know, I would have borrowed the money from a bank before I ever yeah, would have gone on with a with a carrier and and had to be beholden to them for two or three years or whatever to pay back that training. I mean, that's just uh, that's just a gut thing, you know. Not wanting yeah. to be tied down, maintaining your options, you know. Um, and the same thing with, I mean, Transport America had two or three programs. You could buy one of their trucks that they're retiring and you could work a deal out with them. You could lease purchase with a couple of people, you know, I mean, there are options to do that, but, and that's way before I, you know, obviously started this business and, and, and what we're doing here. But I've just learned a long time ago that, you know, one of the reasons why I've always been my own boss is because I don't want to be obligated to anybody, you know? Yeah. Way, way. When I first decided to buy my first house in 1977, I was working at a GM dealership and it scared the hell out of me to think that I'm getting ready to sign a note at that time. It was a $40,000 mortgage. Okay. I buy trucks now more than my first house was, <laughs> but I was getting ready to sign a note for $40,000 and put it on a 15 or 30 year mortgage. And it scared the hell out of me. What if I lose my job tomorrow and I can't make this mortgage payment? And it, it, that just brought, I just, it, I, I just couldn't do that. 
Did you get that loan before the interest rate shot up or was that? Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. And interest rate shot up in like 80, 79, 80, you know, 18% at one point in time. Um, that's when I started, that's when my consultation business in the car business went took off because see all those dealerships couldn't sell any cars. So they had to make money in the service and parts department. And I do that. Yeah. So that's, that's how I started my thing, you know? So, but, um, but I just decided I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to be, uh, no one's going to come in on Monday morning and tell me that my job, uh, is no longer available. Now, look, I may get out here and fail on my own, but that's on me, not somebody, not some new management team coming in on Monday morning and going, well, we're going to clear out all the old managers because y'all suck. And we got, we're bringing our own, you know, that yeah. wasn't going to happen to Larry long. Okay. Because I wasn't going to sit there and do it. I wasn't going to participate in that program. So, and that's the same thing here. I mean, you, you just have to understand that. You, look, you, you're in control here until you give it up, you know, until you decide to hand it to somebody else, it's yours. And we were kidding about this yesterday. You know, we all do it. How many of us have read the Apple agreement on your iPhone That'd be zero. When, when you get, when you get a new operating system? I just I want it out of my way. You, there's nobody that you know of on the planet Earth that's read that. We just check it. You know, we're so trusting. You know, now while we while we're that trusting with big tech the way they've been the last couple of months, I don't know. Maybe we start reading it. But this there's contract, probably some there's some lawyer somewhere that read it. Now I'd love to know if he actually has an iPhone now that he's read it. You know, because right. there's right. some nerd lawyers like oh, I'm gonna read this thing and. He probably threw the phone in the trash and got him a flip phone. But this kid we're talking about that signed this contract, this is a three-page contract, okay? Mm -hmm. Now, in three pages, I read it last night. In three pages, oh, yeah. he signed away his ability to leave for 10 months without paying $6,500 back to that company just because he didn't like it. He didn't want to be there. When you go lease a truck, that's at least 25 pages. Yep. Now, if you didn't read three, how many people read the 25? And look, he, he left there and he had, I think he settled with him, but his, his obligation was 6,500 bucks. All right. I have, I have a note on that. So I, I did some, some Googling. So here is this, this is, um, this is from a website that outlines the class action suit that's now in place. On Tuesday, June 2nd, 2020, Judge Patty B. Saris issued a formal written decision and granted our request to limit CRST's debt collection efforts until we have a jury verdict as to how much CRST owes in damages for violating the Iowa Consumer Fraud Act. Specifically, Judge Saris prohibited CRST from attempting to collect the full $6,500 in training fees. CRST will only be allowed to collect as training fees amounts that CRST actually paid to your truck driving school, and in no case can the amount that CRST attempts to collect as training fees exceed $2,500. That's what helped our guy. CRST will be allowed to collect its advances for lodging and transportation during truck driving school if you've not already repaid those amounts through payroll deductions. At least until this case concludes, this should reduce class members' debt to CRST by several thousands of dollars. 
Judge Saris also prohibited CRST from attempting to enforce the non-compete provision in your contracts, including CRST's practice of telling other trucking companies that you are still under contract with CRST. If you've already paid back CRST back the amount that CRST paid to your truck driving school, plus any outstanding debt for lodging and transportation during truck driving school. If CRST paid your truck driving school more than $2,500, they will have to stop enforcement of the non-compete after you've paid $2,500 plus any outstanding debt for lodging. So it ends up being two separate issues, right? It's, it's the first part. And, and I've got a dissent that a judge, uh, the, the, the one justice from the eighth circuit dissented from the, an appellate court's ruling that actually helped CRST on this supposed driver poaching. And I loved what this judge wrote uh, to judge David Strauss. Although the majority of the eighth circuit panel decided to keep the case going, one judge filed a dissenting opinion in his dissent. Judge David Strauss was straightforward in explaining why the court should affirm the district court decision. CRST has nothing. Strauss said, there is no evidence that Trans Am's recruiting efforts, including its nationwide advertisements, were aimed at anything more nefarious than finding qualified drivers. Without evidence of an improper motive, the wheels come off CRT's tortious interference claim. Stat, a Strauss argument focused on the advertising method of recruitment. Trans Am recruited CRST drivers through advertisements targeting any and all drivers, not CSR, CRST drivers specifically. In fact, Tort law states that even if Trans Am knows about the driver's contract, it is still allowed to send regular advertising to those drivers. Such contact does not establish inducement of brief breach of contract. First, in its nationwide advertising, Trans Am did not specifically target CRST drivers. Second, CRST drivers did not receive a special deal. Rather, their deal was actually worse in the sense that they were ineligible for the training reimbursement payments that other prospective drivers were offering. Had Trans Am's motive been to interfere with CRST contracts, it would have offered drivers an extra incentive to breach them, not refuse to provide them with the, some incentives available to others. So basically, and you've read the contract, the part that's got these drivers screwed is that they signed it. <laughs> it's, it, it it's, it's a legal binding contract. Now, the judge is saying that they shouldn't be able to go after carriers that don't know. What, what the deal of this contract that you signed. And and this is so bizarre and outside the norm. When the phone call, when the recruiter's phone rings, he's not thinking, well, I hope this driver's not in a non-compete because nobody does non-competes in this business. It's ludicrous. So you had this separate issue of CRST going after these carriers and then uh, the Juan Montoya, which I love that, but it wasn't Juan Pablo. It was Juan something else, Montoya, the guy that's on that contract. Hmm. He finally got the lawsuit that's going against CRST that's protecting these drivers or trying to limit their exposure and get them out of these non-competes. Uh, and I guess it's still not settled, uh, but I remember first seeing this about a year ago when Freight Waves had been reporting on it. But, you know, it comes down to stop signing stuff that you haven't read. Um, well, let me, um, let's, let's talk about that for a minute. Okay. You know, I went to this, I went to this place in, in Alabama. I never saw, I don't know what they were going to ask me to sign, but it just wasn't right. Okay. Yeah. Now let's say that you like 
working for this carrier. And they throw this thing at, at you at some point in time. And you read it. Do you, Here's what would come to my mind. Why would I go to work for somebody who the only way they can keep me here is to make me sign a, a non-compete for 10 months? Mm-hmm. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah, huge red flag. Huge. Really? Yeah. So I'm signing away my options for 10 months or pay you $6,500. If I think you suck next week, once I finally meet my dispatcher and get in your shitty ass truck. Yep. Does that not make you stop and think? And at that point in time, are you embarrassed to go, Hey, screw you. Mm-hmm. Give me a plane ticket or well, a bus ticket in this business. And I'm taking my shit and going to the house. No, yep. they'll just, you and, and let me tell you, this guy said they wouldn't even give him a copy of this contract. He had mm-hmm. no copy. Now, listen, I've heard this before. I've heard, well, I, lease part, I have tried to get lease purchase contracts. Okay. Now I admit I've misrepresented myself because I couldn't give a rat's ass about it, but you cannot get one. You can't get anybody to send you one. You can only do it in person and you can't even look at it before it's time for you to go in the room to sign it. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Note to self. Does that sound normal to you? That sound well, like someplace you want to go work for? Uh, that's one credit that I can give ATS. At least when I was there in 2011, there was a guy that came in and read out loud every word, every page, you know, and he explained it, you know, and he even said, I, we will come after you. If you don't stay, they never do, but you know, if you don't stay and this is what's going to happen and this is a legally enforceable contract, da, 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 da. but they actually read every single word of every paragraph of that, like you said, 25 or 30. And hell, I've got one sitting in here in the living room. I've still got my contracts. But we know that there are carriers that don't do that. You know, they here, sign this, and then you'll never see it again. Well, can I have my lawyer look at it? Oh, hell no. No, 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 no. Just sign it. Shut up. Sign it. Look. How many trucking companies are there? Half million. How many big trucking companies are there? Probably 100, 200. All of them need drivers? All of them. Always, right? Always. Why would you feel compelled to do this when you could make a phone call and probably get your bus ticket provided for you? You've got a story about that. To get you out of this place in Iowa to someplace else where this is not going to be required. Yeah, I, I, I guess I'm trying to look at, look, I agree people should read contracts, okay? But people should do a lot. Of, people ought not smoke. They do, okay? So, right. you know, I'm trying to look at it from a little further out and going, what, how desperate or how, how, how badly do you want to do this that you would do that and not question it? Oh, just do it, you know. Listen, I used to be in a car business. I know how people don't read, read shit. I've sold people a lot of cars that never read anything, okay? Oh, I yeah. understand that. At some point in time, you, look, you, you, you got you, you got to understand that if you don't look out for you, who's going to, you know? Nobody. And, and, and here's the deal. The time to, 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 to bitch about this is not on Facebook after you've done it. 
you know, <laughs> don't do it. You, there are plenty of places to work. If you if you're going to work for someplace that the only way that they can keep people is to force them to be there and have them have them give up their constitutional rights and throw out the 13th Amendment in order for you to have a job. You're you're at the wrong place. Yep. All right. <laughs> you know, I don't care what they put in front of you. What if you put something in front of them? First time that you don't get me home, you owe me 6,500 bucks. Think they'd sign that? <laughs> no, no chance. First time my, my truck's broken down for a week and I'm sitting in a freaking Freightliner dealership, I you owe me 6,500 bucks and a ticket to my next job. You think they'll sign that? But no, you'll sign it yeah. for them. You just get, you handed your nuts to them in a little box. They own them now. They might let you look at them once in a while. And after 10 months, they might give them back. Yep. Well, and it's, it, it, we live in a time where information has never been easier to come by. You know, you, you can look, you can Google these companies. They're, but even this, you know, this, this guy that we were t talking about a potential employment, you know, I mean, they, we, didn't, we weren't talking him out of coming to work for, for us, but we were trying to give him, um, all the perspective to understand because this is not for everybody and it's hard. It's really hard. And if you don't have a passion to do it, it can be hell on earth. And, you know, I had to say to him, look, maybe, maybe you're better off to, to increase your value in the industry and just become a really high paid company driver. If, you know, depending on what all of your goals are, and he kind of looked at me like, well, what are you talking about? Because we're led to believe, whether it's on purpose by these companies, that the $800 or $1,000 a week that you can make for them is as good as it's going to get. You know, that you can work to the top of their ladder. And once you hit that ceiling, that's it. You're done. But drivers aren't aware, for some reason, of the $100,000 um, company driver opportunities that there are. You know, the, the owner-operator discussion should be, about making 150, 200, 250 a year. And it's not, it's, 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 it's working like a slave for $65,000 when you can well, make 65 as a company driver. But, but let's put, let's put the qualifier in there. Okay. The reason that that doesn't usually happen is because they don't have the control and the authority and the ability to increase that revenue because they don't get to make the choices for the most right. part. They've got somebody that hands them the work. And, oh, by the way, that's a very political situation. You you pissed me off last week because you didn't deliver on time. So I'm not this week. You're going to starve. OK, yeah. So that's how that works. So that and that's and I, know, I get that. That's what drives me. Everybody that's a company driver has had that happen at some time or another. And, and they never forget that. Believe me, I, I tell that story, too. I was in Kansas City one weekend and I thought I was going to, they thought I was going to be there for a weekend. They found out differently, but, <laughs> but, and that story's in one of these episodes. So if you listen, if you're just 49. a new, if you're just a new listener, you need to go back to 49 and start. Cause all the good stuff's back there. Okay. We just bullshit now back then we used to really give you good information, but, um, but and, and see, once you get through this, once, once they get you on this one, this is like the teaser part. Because the next day, they're going to take you out to the lot and show you all the pretty trucks out there that you can lease. 
Okay. Now there's the big, there's the big cojona. Okay. Now you, now you sign that deal. All right. This one here, you leave, you owe them 6,500 bucks. You sign that deal and you leave. Guess what? A lot what? more zeros. Yeah. And usually your credit is going to be horrible for a while. And then, and then you're on, <laughs> I'm not going to say that anyway. Um, well, the, you know, there's Pete, there's a guy, I can't think of his name. He wrote a book and he, he went to work for one of the carriers and he went through the training program and, you know, now his desire is to get the government to fix this problem. Oh, I have no that, desire that works. That helps a lot. to get the government to fix this problem, right? I, I want you to fix this problem on your own by not doing stupid stuff like this. I, I want you to watch lots of YouTube channels and lots of YouTube content to get the information that you need to make an informed decision and then go make the best decision for you. I don't, I don't need the government protecting you from yourself. Um, cause that, that's a road to hell. Let me give you my, and I've, we've talked about this and you've heard me. This is my black helicopter conspiracy hat theory on the lease purchase business. Okay. Here, here, here's, and I, I truly believe this right now. And there's always exceptions. Okay. I mean, but for the most part, if you're a big carrier and you've got employees working for you, they're going to get mad at your dispatcher. They're going to get mad at somebody. They're, they're, they're going to want to leave your company to get the things that they're not getting there. Okay. Now they may leave and go to another company and find out that it's all the same. Now the grass is never greener, but as an industry, their resolution to their driver retention problem was the lease purchase. Yep. Okay. Because now, okay, you're not happy here, driver. You don't like things the way they things are. Let's let you run your own show. You let's let you be an owner operator. We'll lease you the truck with no money down and no credit. Cause we know you're suck anyway in that, in that area and you couldn't do it. So we'll just give this all to you and we'll let you drive your own truck and do your own thing. And that way you can stay here at screw you carrier and continue on with your dream. And then in the background, in the back room where the lawyers are talking, they're going, well, yeah, well, we'll make it. So he'll never own that truck. And then we'll ruin, we'll, we'll take his dream away because he'll, re he'll realize that this owner operator world is not what he thought. And you can't make any money as an owner operator because they'll, they'll, they'll beat him to death tore his tails between his legs and he'll gladly go back to be a company driver. We see it all the time, all the time. And then they get on Facebook and, or get at the liar's counter and they're the ones that go, oh, don't do that. Cause you can't make any money doing that. What have they done? They just retained the driver. They could, they've retained him forever now because he's never number one. He can't do it again for about seven years. And they, they, they've made this guy complacent now to be a good company driver or they'll let him succeed, but then they'll have him lease. <laughs> I ran into a guy one time. I'm doing so damn good. I'm on my fourth lease. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm on my fourth truck. You know, I'm, uh, I am, uh, I'm just, I'm amazed. I'm amazed at what people think that success looks like, you know, look, there's, there's lots of opportunity in this business. Okay. But there's opportunity in every business. 
But in this particular one, I am just, I'm just, I'm appalled at what drivers will do to themselves. You know, you have the control until you relinquish it. Why do you relinquish it? You know, why? There's no reason to. <laughs> if you don't like that company, tell them to take their contract and stick it up their ass and go to another company. And like Chris says, nowadays, it used to be you'd have to get in a car and drive and find out what that company looks like. Now you just get on the internet and do some reviews and find out. Yeah, I'm looking at Amazon right now. I was trying to find that guy. Um, and it's hilarious that the number of books that are out on Amazon about which the Larry Long story needs to be on here. Need to light a fire into your ass and get you to write that book. Um, but the, the information's out there, you know, I, I can understand how people like me at 21 years old, I didn't know nothing about nothing. You know, uh, I ended up driving a truck cause I didn't have anything better to do. You know, some guys like you ought to drive a truck. Okay. You know, and answered an ad and circled an ad in a newspaper and called a phone number, you know, I, I had no, I, other than I had a couple of family members that had been drivers and told me a little bit, but most of that was truck driver stories, you know? Um, but there's, there's, there's ways to find out what, what, you know, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Um, well, and we, we preach this all the time. Okay. Now look, we're kind of combining signing employment contracts and then becoming known reference on lease purchase, two different things there. But still, and I just lost my train of thought. Um, that train's been this, off the tracks this, for a while. This in <laughs> this industry, they they encourage people. I call it what's my word for it? Um, false encouragement. There's I have yeah. a word for it. Anyway, yeah. they encourage people to do things that people aren't really, really ready to do. Okay. Uh, like going to orientation as a new driver and then let's take you over here and lease you a truck because you can do this. You know, we talk about this a lot. If, if look, we're helping a few people because they come to work for us and we work with them every day and we, you know, we're, we're hopefully helping hundreds of others by just the podcast because we're telling you right now. Okay. There's opportunity. There's, there's plenty of opportunity in this industry, but there's no guarantees. Okay. And, if you if you are not prepared for that step from employee driver to self-employed owner operator and we've talked about it before nine out of ten first timers fail and they don't fail because they don't know how to drive a truck they they don't they don't they fail because they don't know what they don't know all right there's no other business where you can go get a $150,000 asset with no experience and no money and no credit. You can't do that anywhere else, but you can do it here. So uh, somebody says wild theory for sure. Well, maybe it is, but those companies make more money off leasing trucks. Than they do hauling freight. Why are they in the, why are they in the trucking business? You know? Yeah. Um, the, why is there a, why is there all this effort to get you into a lease purchase? 
How, how does follow that money? How does that help the trucking company to get you in a lease purchase? I'll tell you why. Cause now they got an asset on the road that they have no risk in because you're paying everything. You're paying the maintenance. You're paying the interest on their loan. You're paying everything. Okay. For them. And now you're hauling their freight just like, cause you're really just a glorified company driver. That's why. How's it help you? Yeah. What's in it for you? You've got all the risk. You probably make less than you did as a company driver. Yeah. Well, and, and because people don't understand basic business, the, the advantage to the carrier, they don't have to pay your payroll costs. They don't have to give you health insurance. You know, they, it's, it's a lot cheaper for them to have you as a contractor than it is to have you as an employee. Now they say, and there's probably an ounce of truth to this, that you may be more motivated and you may be more productive if you are a lease operator rather than a company driver. That's maybe. Until you you haven't had a check in six weeks. Right. Because you're paying for the breakdown that just happened and you didn't have, you haven't driven for a week. I found that guy's book. It's called The Big Rig, Trucking and the Decline of the American Dream, uh, published in 2016. So this guy, Steve Vaselli, uh, he went and got a, a CDL and drove for a company he called Federal. Um, I finally remembered that I have it on Kindle. I was able to find it. Um, I remember but, that book came out. Yeah. And, and I, you know, he's got an agenda. You know, he, he's very progressive and, and he, he loves unions. And, you know, he wants to unionize the whole industry and, and basically bust up the interoperator model because he sees the he sees the lease problem, which is a problem, but he wants to throw the baby out with the bathwater and he wants to get rid of us too, you know? And so that's where me and Steve don't get along. Um, but he goes through and chronicles that experience of, you know, sitting around waiting on a load, waiting on a trailer, getting stuck somewhere, not, you know, cause it, this industry has its inconveniences, you know, but there's a lot of, probably homeless people that wouldn't be homeless if they just could drive a truck, you know? And, uh, but we've got to, we've got to stop blindly walking into things. Um, and, and with, with an attitude that, well, it doesn't matter. Somebody will save me from myself. That, that that's, that's not happening, you know? And, and, and so as much as we've harped on lease programs that I, clearly openly have done um and was moderately successful with because i stayed out for six and eight weeks away from my toddlers and my wife um which is what it takes you know if you're going to make it that's you know you're going to see your family about three weeks out of the year um and you can make more money than you did as a company driver if you know if, if you really 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 bust your ass uh, but you know, now I know I'd rather bust my ass like that, make one fifty, one seventy five, not seventy two. You know, um, but these, <clears throat> and and the other thing that we talked with about this guy, uh, or talked about with this guy, <sighs> is is truck drivers are the only. That's probably not fair to say. It, it, this industry lends itself to people mixing 
their personal and business finances because it's so easy to get into. The bar of entry is so low and, and it don't take much to go even buy a paid for truck for $10,000 and go start hauling freight with it tomorrow. And then they're like, well, I'm going to figure my, you know, I'm going to, well, I got to figure my household expenses in. No, that doesn't have anything to do with your business. The, 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 the price of a cheeseburger at McDonald's has nothing to do with the franchisers uh, or the franchisees personal business that it's based on market that that's, that's why the cheeseburger costs what it does. Um, and then we, so we have people coming in and setting a level of, of uh, well, my minimum rate per mile is X because like you say, I've got three girlfriends, a Harley, you know, and a Lexus. Well, that doesn't have anything to do with the, the minimum freight rate for your truck. You know, it, just because you're an idiot and, and have, too much expenses. The customer who's freight you're hauling is not going to be, that rate's not going to be dependent on what you have to have to make a living. Right. Now, a lot of guys don't understand that. They think, well, I'm entitled because I've got a truck and I paid $150,000 for this truck and I have a $900 a week truck payment. I'm entitled to make $3.50 a mile. No, you're not. Good luck with that. You know, because now the market decides what the rate is and that fluctuates. That's going to fluctuate <laughs> pretty quickly. Now that fuel has, is starting to pick up mm-hmm. and, uh, it's going to be interesting to see these guys squirm. Okay. Because they won't be able to make, I saw a guy on Facebook yesterday bitching about the rates. How he's not going to stay in business. I'm thinking to myself, dude, if you can't make it with these rates, stand by, grab a, grab a hold of a rail. It's going to be a, it's going to be a trip, you know? Um, you know, you, you have to understand that like the example he was using, if, if I, if I go buy a McDonald's franchise and I make hamburgers, but I've got a lavish lifestyle that I have to support and I have to raise the price of my hamburgers double or triple what the place down the street does. Is that really going to work? Are people going to do, are people, can I expect my customers to come here and pay triple for my burgers than ones across the street? Just because I have a more, I have a higher standard of living. No, that's not how it works. It's not how it works at all. So you, you know, the reason nine out of 10 people fail becoming on operator is because their lack of understanding of that and business yep. and understanding that just because you go in business doesn't mean you're going to be successful. Uh, now there, there's a, there's a, a lot of people that think that should be the case and, and assume that's the case. Well, you're in business, you wasn't making money. Most businesses work on a, on a less than 1% net profit. So when the well, government comes by, t- carriers, they, they literally have a 2% operating yeah. ratio, 2% profit. So when the know? government comes by and tells you that your local company has to pay $15 an hour minimum wage, where's that money going to come from? The customer. What do you think that's going to do to the cost of stuff? Well, or you'll be there. We're doing it now because of the pandemic, but if that weren't the case, you still be doing it because we, you can't afford people to wait on you. So you're going to use a kiosk. Um, casinos learned that years ago. Casinos 
used to be games. They had croupiers that ran the games. Well, those people are expensive. They call in sick. And so the, the, uh, the uh, slot machines that used to be there for the wives of the guys to keep them busy while the guys were gambling. Wait a minute. These machines don't ever call in sick. They sit there and work all the time. Oh, bitch. They don't have a vacation. They don't, you know. So now when you go to a casino, it's 10 times more slot machines than there are table games. Now, casinos pretty smart business people. Oh, yeah. You ever seen one of them fail? Except Trump's. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, you know, they understand. <clears throat> they understand. Um, so, yeah. yeah. Well, it, it's just that. this, you know, we, we have said so many times, this industry provides an opportunity like unlike any other um, from keeping you from being homeless, you know, to making you wealthier than you could ever have imagined. Um, they, and the deciding factor is you, your attitude, your willingness to learn um, that that's that's. That's what separates, um, you know, just living in a truck and not being homeless and, you know, making a million dollars. It's just a, a decision to, to learn and expand your horizons. And I, I have to tell new drivers that come to us, we're tr we have to stretch your mind. We've got to get you to thinking about things differently than you've ever thought about them. And so many times, well, I was thinking, no, I know what you were thinking. And it didn't work, did it? Well, no. Okay, then let's listen next time. <laughs> yeah, we have to remind them that you know that it, it it it's not easy to change from that company mentality to an owner operator mentality. When they come to work for us, we have them operate just as though it's their truck. Now we help them with that and supervise that, and monitor it. Yeah, but you know it it's and they know that, but it's so easy to fall back into the company mentality where, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to look ahead. I'm not going to look at this. I'm not going to think about that because it's a habit and it, and it's laziness for the most part, you know, it's easier to do it that way. And, you know, and so it, 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 sometimes we have to, you know, do a little motivation, you know, uh, to make them understand that, look, this is costing you money. You know, we, we've had several examples where, you know, we could book somebody an eight or eight or $9,000 a week, but then they don't do the trip planning and they can't make delivery. So we have to change one of the loads. And now they drop down to $7,000 a week, you know? Yep. So it's because they're used to looking at one load at a time and they don't, they're not looking at the package that we send them and they don't trip plan it out to where I can make the, the fourth delivery, you know? So it, I, I get this. It's, it's not easy, but that's, it's why we're here. You know, that's why we're here to, to, to teach it and to make them understand that, you know, the, the, the average owner operator in this country makes $65,000 a year. I don't have anybody that makes that money, that little money. Okay. We won't yeah. let them, you know, you come here, you're going to make it because I can't have you here if you don't, which stay where you are. You know, uh, we want people here to make, to be prepared in a year and a half to be at $150,000 a year driving their own truck. 
if you're happy at 65, you're never going to make it here because this is too much work. Yep. Okay. The details are too consuming because that's the difference between somebody who makes 150 grand a year in their own truck and somebody making $65,000 a year. Now, assuming that you don't buy a stupid truck. Yeah. But everything else being equal, the person that pays attention to the details. Okay. Watches the, where, where they buy fuel and how they buy fuel. Watches how they buy stuff. That's the difference. That's the only difference. Don't sign contracts. We have an agreement. I don't call it a contract. But you know why I have one? When I first started hiring drivers, everybody I hired worked for another BCO and never had a... They, they go... Well, I work for this guy, and he said he'd do this, and he said he'd do this, and he didn't do any of it. And I thought, well, I'll fix that. I'll put down in writing everything I tell you I'm going to do. Yep. It's just that simple. It, it's not so much for what I expect from you as what I want you to expect from me. It's right. in black and white. Now, I've got some stuff in there and say, if you do this, i got to send you home. But that's not a contract. That's just common sense. You lose your CDL, guess what? You can't stay here, okay? Yep. You steal fuel, guess what? You can't stay here. Okay. So, you know, there's things in there, but most of it is for me to put in writing what it is that I'm telling you that I'm going to do. Big difference between that and sign this 10 month non-compete. And if you leave here, you owe me 6,500 bucks. That's crazy. I, I just, I still, I'm just blown away. That, and, and we're not going to give you a copy of it, you know, yeah. and you know, da, da, da. I just, I still can't imagine having a business model where I've got to turn people into slaves, indentured servants. Uh, but that's what we're doing. You know, it, 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 it's, I mean, when, when we have people that, I mean, that have a, dri a good driver, you know, that that can't read a map and then tells me well uh you know i i went around i took a detour one time because there was a wreck or something so i could make on-time delivery and you know they fined me 50 dollars for going out of route because I, you know i'm like so <clears throat> you're literally supposed to sit in traffic and be late because the qualcomm said to take that road I, that that's a true story 100% true. It blew us away. We couldn't, we, we are like, you, no, 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 you're no, no. He's a trainer. Yeah. He's a, a trainer. trainer at this company. If yeah. you deviate from what's on the Qualcomm, it's a $50 fine period. No matter what the reason is, even if you save the money, the, the company money and getting in deliver, mm, 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 you can't do that. And you fuel or we tell you to fuel. Yeah. You know, that's tempting. Uh, you know, but, but what I, is, I had a guy, I had a guy, I had a guy call me last week. Well, yeah, last week, this is Monday, last week, uh, Landstar attending to me, which they do frequently. Been working for a BCO. Hadn't got a paycheck since December 1st. And then he wanted to tell me, he, he, he tell me all this. Stuff. I'm like, I'm like, well, stop, stop, stop. It's February something. Um, probably the fifth or sixth at that point in time. Said, you haven't been paid since December 1st. 
haven't been paid. What have you been doing? Well, I, you know, I, the guy keeps telling me he's going to pay me. I'm like, dude, December the second <laughs> yeah. is when you should have made this phone call. Right. I would. I thought. I said, look, your judgment would keep you from working for me, right there alone. Yep. Why would you work for somebody that's not paying you for another month and two months and a half? You know, that really, why do we hand our nuts to somebody else? Why, why is it the truck drivers are so willing to hand away all of their rights? I, 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 for the life of me, I cannot understand that. They do it with a 1099. We look at our thing. Don't, don't pimp me or whatever that was called. They'll work for somebody for a 1099 and get screwed to the wall and, 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 oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and brag about it and brag about it. You know what? You know, I, I mean, I know that you're, we have right people in this business, you know, I, I but I guess maybe it's the diesel fumes. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I can't explain it. You're, you're about to, you're about to get me to go on a rant about government education, but I'll digress. You know, that's why my kids are homeschooled. I'm not turning them into robots. But why is it that we so willingly just give away all of our rights and responsibilities to somebody? Is that the only job you can get? You know, you've got a, you've got a, a self-worth problem. If you, if that's what you think. 100%. You know, you, you have value. If you don't have value, you need to build value. Look, you're driving for 11 hours a day. You know how you can build value? Educate yourself. All you got to do is turn on the freaking, well, turn off the radio and turn on us. <laughs> okay? Audio books and podcasts, man. That's, that, turn off that political junk and, and you know, it's, uh, you know. Because you you got to understand, there are people that call themselves advocates, right? They're snakes. <laughs> Ten nine equals S eight. S eight is that IRS form that right <laughs> determines whether you, that's good. I like that. <laughs> the they they end up. It's S A eight, by the way. No, it is. Maybe it is S eight. I'm sorry. S S eight. It's yeah. more than this. But but they, they go to the government and they say, look at this problem, this 1099 problem. We're creating the, these problems that, that invites the government in to start screwing stuff up. Like, uh, what was it? SB5 in California. AB, AB5. AB5. AB5 in California. Well, if we would stop doing stupid stuff like that, they wouldn't have any ammunition to come in and declare themselves rulers over our personal decisions. But we keep signing up for stupid stuff like this, and it creates an opportunity for the government to say, oh, here, here, here's a problem. We need to go here and solve it. Now, 
Yeah, come, come fix our detention. Please, government, come <laughs> fix our detention problem. We're getting we're getting screwed out here. We need somebody to to, to fight our battle for us because we, we just can't do it. We we can't unify. We can't get everybody. We can't we can't organize a strike. We can't do anything. So let's let the government fix it. Yeah. The same government that you despise for making you use an ELD. Yeah. Yeah, it's I think it is the diesel fumes. There's no other excuse for it. <laughs> Well, uh, that AB five stuff went away. You know, sleeping quick. in a sleeper all night with all that all that carbon monoxide it it must be just screwing up drivers' brains. Was it you that was it you that said? Or not? It was you that said something about went from CB to FB. FB. I said that yesterday. <laughs> that's our. Well, yeah. that's our. That's our. That was. That's our communication. You know, back yeah. ten years ago, fifteen years ago, it was the CB. Yeah. Now it's the FB. Yeah. And it's all filled with the same amount of horse shit from then to now. You know, it's just digital and multiplied. I mean, I've told drivers, especially, don't believe everything you think. You know, you, you drive, you drive along and looking at that windshield, and and you come up with some, you know, some Alex Jones crazy kind of stuff. And you you think <laughs> I had it long lunch with this week. <laughs> You're right. That was so good. Um, <laughs> You know, um, and then you start to believe it, you know, uh, or some driver, uh, my best friend, uh, Don, uh, bless his heart. Um, you know, we, we were friends for 25 years and he followed me into the industry and, um, God help him. He would believe anything. He, somebody told him on CB, you know, and there was a, there were used to, I don't know if still, it used to be a company called dot foods. And he calls me one day, hey, did you know that company was owned by the DOT? <laughs> no, they're not. Where'd you hear that? Well, somebody on the radio. I'm like, turn that radio off. He wouldn't believe anything these folks told him. He called me up with all the craziest stuff. I'm like, do you know the difference between a truck driver story and a fairy tale? <laughs> no. Well, a fairy tale begins <laughs> with once upon a time and ends with they lived happily ever after. And a truck driver story begins with, man, you ain't going to believe this shit and ends with, that's no shit. I seen it. You know, I, it's, you know, yeah. uh, they, they just, lie, 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 lie to each other. And, and they say it so often that it becomes the truth. You know, so well, I I call them I call them diesel doctors. Okay, they get got their degree in in the PhD in dieselology. You know, because yeah. all they did was get it from other people. It's just like what we talk about IFTA. Okay, oh Isn't yeah, that fun. Isn't that fun to yeah to, to um, hear all the experts on that? Yeah, what, what was that? What was that, that one thing? comment? The guy said IFTA started more fights than Budweiser. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Somebody else said something about he had a conversation with it was worse than the IFTA. What was that about? I, I forget now. Somebody yeah. commented about something we were we were talking about. And he said, Oh, I had more fights over than it over than I did over the IFTA, you know. So I forget now what yeah. it was. But um well look, they call us lunatics for a reason, okay? We do it differently. We don't we we're <laughs> to quote Dr. Fauci, we're science based, okay? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm gonna leave that alone. <laughs> <clears throat> I'm not. I'm gonna touch that with a ten. You know, pole. if hey, maybe the mask will get rid of the diesel fumes and uh, make people make a driver smarter. What do you think? Uh, yeah. Double mask, triple mask. Yeah, and just I'm gonna put like a whole box. 
you know, just strapped the whole box to my face. And, uh, you know, you know, isn't it crazy? It's been a year, you know, it, it, it's been a year. Um, and it's, you know, living through that and, and hiring drivers at the first of March, right in the or no, middle of March, like the 15 days to slow the spread started and we hired two drivers, you know, and, and through all that and, uh, and, and, and live to tell about it. You know, it was just it's so amazing that, and I think it goes to this, this, you have people in, in this market's still hot and, and we're making great money and you have people like you're talking about, well, I, I can't make it with these rates. Really? You can't make it with these rates. I can't how wait. did you, how did you survive last March? Well, they, well, I don't know. Maybe this guy wasn't in business. I don't know. Maybe they went home. I don't know. It's, it's, I can't answer that. Yeah. I can't wait till fuel gets back up to $4 a gallon. That's really going to be fun. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Cause you're talking about might... arguments now. Oh yeah. How can you make money with fuel? for <laughs> Watch me. Third grade math. That's how. Watch uh, me. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Ken Anderson's on here making a comment, by the way, Ken, I think, I think I saw on Facebook day, he, uh, his cost of fuel last year was 27 cents a mile and his fuel surcharge was 28 cents a mile. So he Man. paid for all of his fuel, his fuel surcharge last year. Ouch. Attaboy. Attaboy, Ken. Yeah. <clears throat> Too bad your chiefs got their ass whipped last night though. <laughs> yeah. I saw this one. The only touchdown that was in at the chiefs made was when their plane landed. <laughs> that's wrong that's terrible uh yeah i watched a little bit of it you know i uh, it's just such a weird time to live when so much information we sat down with the kids earlier and watched this social dilemma uh documentary on um on uh, netflix and it and it talks about the what's the word they used um starts with a p um you know, persuasive, um, uh, uh, how, how the algorithm is manipulating things and people. And, and, you know, we had a really good discussion with the kids because we talked about YouTube, about what we're doing here. We're, we're trying to take our knowledge and experience and help people. I would rather have YouTube than not have it. Now, Facebook, eh, whatever. Um, but YouTube uh, and, and even Wikipedia, they, these are such valuable tools that we can reach out to people we never could before. And so I guess that's what kills me about these, these predatory contracts. If you're walking into stuff like this, I feel like it's because you're not paying attention. There's got to be. I haven't looked yet, but I'm assuming that I – well, I'm going to go do it right now. I'm going to go to YouTube. Maybe. Come on now, computer. Cooperate with me. I'm going to go to YouTube, and I'm going to type in CRST driver contract. And I bet you I'm going to find people talking. Uh, yep. I mean, video after video after video talking about um, this, this contract, uh, uh, talking about the settlement. Um, you know, it, 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 it's, 
Uh, okay, I'm on uh, how to um, get a CDL. Wow. Look at all of these. I mean, it's crazy how much information is out there um, if you want it. But I, I guess we'll just walk in with our head up our ass and, and just let them, you know. Well, I have some agents that are generous with the fuel surcharge. It's that relationship thing. It's showing up. Relationship, relationship. By the way, I'm going to say, I'm going to go ahead and say this out loud for you BCOs. I need y'all to realize something. Now is the time, right now, for you to be going out and securing some of that direct contract freight. Because lots of people, when the spot market is up like it is right now, uh, they forsake that direct customer freight that they say they want more of because it's not expensive enough. And right now is the time that you could go out and start finding these relationships and get them while the market's up. You may not make the big, 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 big money, but you can secure those contracts now that when this market dips and it will dip, uh, you'll be still pulling contract freight while everybody is stuck in a dollar 25 spot market. So, but, but you've got to look ahead. You can't yep. just look at the load that you were handed today. you got to look ahead and think, you know? Yep. You're going to find them five to seven to nine days out, you know? Cause even, you know, people like us, we're, we're scooping them up a week ahead of time. You know, we're, we're looking so that when that good stuff hits the board, we're going to snatch it up and get it booked. Um, and if you're looking for loads today and tomorrow, you're not going to find that stuff cause it's gone. Cause we got it. And, and people like us have got it. So that's your free tip of the day. But I, we, we've got to stop, you know, RJ. Ignorance is a choice, folks. It 100% is, RJ. You know, it, it's, there's too much information out here in the world. You know, now you got to have discernment. You know, you got to be able to wade through it and figure out what's nonsense and what's not. Um, but we shouldn't have people walking blindly into these dumb contracts. You got to stop being desperate and stupid, you know, Get, go back to our, our episode before, you know, broke, desperate, and stupid. Dave Ramsey says there are three brothers that live together. Um, it leads you to make really, really, really dumb decisions. Um, and we could stop these big carriers from doing this stuff and we'd stop signing up for it. You know, it's like the reason these robo calls keep coming about your car's extended warranty, it keeps coming because it works because there's some idiot somewhere. They're playing the numbers and they know that whatever percentage it is, if they keep making that phone call, these idiots are going to sign up for this extended warranty or that your social security number just got canceled or whatever scam they're coming up with. They fall for it. You, they keep doing it because you keep falling for it. So let's stop falling for it. We don't need the government to come in and fix it. We can fix it. Let's stop being stupid. If you don't understand the contract that's in front of you, go pay a lawyer a couple hundred bucks to read it to you. Now, yep. if they won't let you do that. Red flag. Time to leave. Yep. Have a you nice day. If they've got nothing to hide, they got nothing to hide. If they're not letting you 
it's just like, look, it's just like buying, we, we, listen, we spent all weekend buying trucks. Okay. We took a big road trip, went to Michigan, buying trucks. All right. 1400 miles in about 36 hours. Road tripping, man. So, you know, we take our mechanic. That include tripping in the snow. <laughs> we pay our mechanic go with us. Okay. Yep. And, you know, the guy that whose trucks we're looking at, he's, you know, he, he's basically bewildered because, I mean, we're there for hours, you know, yeah. taking this truck apart and, and stuff, you know. And, and I'm, I'm like, you know, I mean, I'm, of course, I told him beforehand, but if he had said no, we wouldn't have been there, you know. Um, yeah. People that don't have anything to hide can, can they'll, they'll take your scrutiny. If they won't, Go somewhere else. Yeah. Okay. You know, I mean, people I mean, ask us about trucks yeah. and, and stuff. And I'm like, dude, if, if they, we had a guy, oh, listen, we had a guy last week wanting to sell me a Coronado, was going to bring it by and let us look at it. Wouldn't give me the VIN number because I'm not giving you that kind of information. <laughs> I'm like, well, don't bother bringing it by. You're wasting your time. Okay. Because yep. if I can't run a rig dig on it, I'm not buying it. You know, so. People that don't want to give you stuff, you know, they've got something to hide. Move on. Yeah. And don't miss the detail here. Y'all, we drove uh, Careful. What, about 800 miles, took our mechanic, paid him very, very well. Um, and, and he went, he, two hours, a two hour inspection per truck. We looked at two trucks. And he took his creeper and his coveralls and his gloves and his tools and his flashlight. And he went over these trucks two hours a piece. And we came out of there with a huge list, you know, cause you're not going to go find a, a 15 or $20,000 truck. That's perfect. It's going to have issues. And we took him with us to make sure. And we found an we issue. Found, we found some serious issues and we're trying to negotiate that, that in the deal. You know, and, um, but we had to be willing to spend a pretty good chunk of money in travel and, and labor, um, and time to go look at these trucks and really, really, really dig into them. Um, and if you can't part with, I don't know, 1500 bucks or what, you know, $2,000, whatever it is we all spent with fuel and time. Uh, you don't need to buy a truck. You know, if you're, if you can't go spend the time that it takes to really dig into something like that, then don't do it. Well, the money we spent on him, if we had not taken him, we wouldn't have found this problem. And we'd have spent probably five times that to fix the problem that we oh, wouldn't yeah. have caught. We just know we wouldn't have caught it. We probably could have taken it and gotten a DOT inspection and they probably would have missed it. Yeah. Because the guy we took to it, he didn't miss anything. No, right. you don't miss nothing. <laughs> Not a thing. There's he, guys that he listen, he works at a place where they do Landstar inspections, okay? And there's guys that come in there. Because we love it because look, we want you to fight. We want our trucks. I want you to find it and fix it while it's in front of you. I don't want to have to find it and fix it on the side of the road somewhere, okay? But you don't have guys that come in here from Landstar and go, call here. <laughs> Yep. They say, Never yep. mind. Walk right Never back. I watched it happen. <laughs> Guy walks in with a Landstar hat. Carl here. Yep. Never mind. Nope. Walk right I'm back out. out the door. Because yeah. Carl here in Air League with a truck running down the interstate. Okay. I mean, the oh, guy man. is got, he, he's incredible. But that's why we love him. That's why we yeah. take him. That's why he works on our stuff. And so, uh, but, uh, you know, he was 
telling this guy stuff that he didn't even know, you know, and this guy's the equipment manager for this fleet. He didn't have any idea. And then, yeah. and then we're, of course we educate people everywhere we go. You know, we're, we're teaching him stuff and, and, uh, it's, uh, it was a good, it was a good deal. It was a good time. I don't know. If, well, what, you know, what, and I'm going to, I'm going to offer this one piece because this one truck had four, four, right. Four missing bell housing bolts, right? Yeah. Four missing and two were loose. I don't know how many they are total, probably eight or 10. And he pointed that out. Hey, it's got missing bell housing bolts. And I'm like, okay, well then we talked to another mechanic that we use. And he said, two's the max. Two, you, you run that truck any amount of time with two bolts missing. Uh, we have been down the road of broken bell housings and what happens. You know, yes, we have. so if we don't take Carl to look at this truck and find out these bell housing bolts are missing and we go down the road and we break another one of those bell housings and all of the destruction that comes with that. Oh, it's worth every penny we pay to take him up there because that's a that's a ten thousand dollar minimum probably more when you consider the tow bill because it's junk it's it's you know they had to chain the transmission into the truck to keep it from falling out to tow it home it's massively destructive uh you can't find that stuff unless you're willing to crawl under there and get real real, real dirty um and and he did it you know and it was what seven degrees outside <laughs> it was awful snow everywhere um, but, uh, you know, <laughs> you see a Bill Taylor's. Yeah. I'm gonna, I'm, yeah. Bless. I'm going to put that up. Great <laughs> info as always. Sure. The bashing will be going across Facebook for hours on what you're trying to help people with. You have more patience dealing with idiots than I have. Come on, Thank Bill. Tell us what you really think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there, yeah. Now there's a guy there, now look, there's a guy that gets it. Okay. Guy does this FedEx truck up and down 995. done it forever. Great super relationship with these people and he made he made a point too about his fuel surcharge you know um mm -hmm. it's you know it's the best hedge against and he's right absolutely right good job bill yeah well I'll, i'm gonna shout out to one of bill and, and steve wheeler's friends at uh midway truck repair up in uh was it bethel pennsylvania up on 78 exit 13 we had a we had a truck making a vibration and of course we're outside our, our loop and I, I called Steve Wheeler and him and Bill Taylor have a relationship with his midway. It's a Western star dealer. And I called him up. I said, listen, guys, I, I, I got to have somebody look at this truck, at least know what I'm dealing with. You know, what was a hundred bucks, you know, and, the uh, they got well, under it. 106. 106. Yeah. You know, driver pulls in, they immediately looked at it said, yeah, you got a rear end going bad. Uh, gate charges a hundred bucks, that peace of mind, you know, we drove that, our driver drove that truck eight hours at 50 miles an hour to get it, get it home. Um, but, uh, you know, um, you know, so shout out to Midway truck service. I think it's called, uh, here's a comment from King Carey. What do y'all do about health insurance for your employees when you're just starting out? Well, we don't have it. Um, and the reason that we don't have it is one, we can't afford it, um, to, to be able to pay drivers what we want to pay. We can't, it's just too expensive. Uh, but we're training people how to be owner operators. And when you're an owner operator, you're going to have to buy your own coverage. Um, and so, you know, that's, that's part of what we're, I mean, we'll keep, you know, you want to come here and work 15 years, go ahead. Uh, we're not going to throw you out if you're, you know, if you're profitable, 
and, and doing, you know, but the, the point to come, this is college, this is university, you know, this is, this is the place to come and get your master's, your PhD in trucking. Um, and you know, I'm not sure the question is directed toward us. I'm, 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 I'm reading the question is what would she do about health insurance for employees? If you're just starting out. Okay. Well, here's the thing. You, you, you can't, okay. You can't do it. And here, here's the thing about, about employee benefits. What you do for one, you have to do for all. Okay. So, um, the, you, this is a disadvantage you have when you are competing with the fleets. So what you have to do is you have to provide things that they can't get at the fleet. All right. Now we said before, Average truck. Well, what's the average truck driver making in the country? Because it's not the average owner operator is sixty five thousand dollars. Okay, fifty. We have we have uh, people that come here and make eighty to one hundred thousand dollars a year. Okay, so number one, you probably can afford to pay for your own, but number two, you can't probably do that where they're working right now. So you just have to give them things that would add value to them working for you besides a benefit package because you can't compete with that. The government will not, does not make it easy for you to do that. And, uh, and it's, it's just, it's just not possible. Now, um, you know, we do some things like we do a paid vacation and, you know, we try to do things that are reasonable. Uh, but here's the thing. We probably could do it, but we would have to lower what we pay our drivers because somebody's got, it's just like the, the McDonald's thing. If I've got to raise my, 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 my minimum wage is 15 bucks. I've got to raise the price of a Big Mac. So if I'm going to pay health insurance for employees, I've got to, I can't raise the rate. The market sets that. So I've got to lower what I pay the employee. And I would rather pay them the maximum and let them take care of that themselves. Okay. Sometimes they have ways of doing it through their wife's work or, or, you know, through, uh, what are those medical, uh, oh, like medical sharing plans, medical sharing plans and things like that, where, you know, they can, uh, you know, they can, you can do it in a non-conventional way, but, uh, but no, you're, you're probably not going to be able to do that. You know? And so, um, like he said, with, with us, we're training people to be owner operators. They're going to be self-employed anyway in the next couple of years. So when you're self-employed, there's no benefit package. You are the benefit package. So it's, it's something that they expect when they come here because that's what they're training to do. If you're just looking to hire long-term drivers to work for you just as employees forever, then you've just got to give them other benefits, other perks, other reasons to work for you than a benefit package, you know? And, uh, I mean, look, most people would rather work for a small company than a big fleet because there's a lot, you know, you'll you'll get them home when they need to get home big fleet could care less they go home and leave them parked in kansas city all weekend they care less so that's your approach you can't you 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 got to compete on what you compete with make sense yep matthew milner landstar college yeah well you know <laughs> yeah we'll see how we, that works okay? we're, not, we're not gonna hold our breath waiting on uh... i can't even win the truck okay so <laughs> yeah well, you know, I, I think, um, you know, I don't know what I would, I try to put myself in other people's shoes, you know, when I, when I, you know, I, I don't know if I was in charge of Landstar, how I would handle 
things, I want to say, well, I would do this better and that better. And I would probably offer this information, but I don't know. I don't know what I would do if I was in that situation. I would, I would like for the orientation to be a little more detailed. I'd, I'd like for people to know some things that they don't get, but that's what we're here for. You know? Matthew, I got to tell you a little story. Okay. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb here a little bit, but I did, I, I was an agent and a BCO for a couple of three years. Okay. And when I was down there for agent, I'd been a BCO for a while, but I became an agent like a year or so after I became a BCO. So I was down there for beach before, for, um, agent training. And I actually got an appointment with, I'm not going to say their names, uh, but with a couple of people pretty high They Well, they had vice presidents behind their name. Okay. And I, I, pitch this to them. My idea was instead of this cabs thing that we have, that's pretty much a waste of everybody's time. All right. Why don't you let me do a mini CMC instead, you know, uh, at, instead of cabs, you're already paying for it. You're already doing it. Yeah. And, uh, they said, well, we'll, we'll consider that. And then that was been a few years ago. I've never heard another thing back from them. So, so they, they had the chance and they, uh, they passed on it. So, so, so much Steve, for our college. So. Steve Wheeler coming in clutch here. Let's bring this up here. By paying per diem reimbursement as you do, you reduce your driver your driver's W two by twenty thousand, giving the driver the availability to get a better premium on Obamacare. In other words, if you paid the entire amount as W two, the pr- driver's premiums would be much higher. That's a good point. I hadn't thought about that. You know what a rock star, Steve. And and he's right. What that in uh, King King Carey, if that's your name, or Carey King. Yeah. That is another benefit, okay? Employee drivers are not eligible for per diem deduction anymore, okay? As a business owner, you are. So what we do is we give our drivers the full $66 a day per diem, and uh, we pay it in full. So that way they can reduce their income by $66 a day. It's $396 a week. Um, So they're, they're saving the the taxes on that 396 right there. So it's about 25%. It's about a hundred bucks a week. So $400 a month they're getting that they wouldn't have gotten uh, without the per diem. So Steve, that's a great point. I'm going to put that in my, uh, in my orientation presentation. So uh, I didn't think of it that way. That's a, that's an outstanding point. By the way, everybody, Steve is a CPA by training and he's a BCO um, by choice. (laughs) So, he won the Landstar truck and and the last one they gave away and he's a great guy and we we he's a friend of our of, of the of the podcast and and of Blue Ribbon we appreciate him he was actually on a podcast with me early on yeah episode fifty three maybe something yeah. like that so we yeah. talk about taxes and how to set up your business and uh, probably should do that again but uh, but there's a new perfect example of how you can compete you know. And then, uh, under now, now look, a lot of carriers have per diem. Okay. But it's, 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 it's rip. It's a rip off. We do it full pay 66 bucks full to now I can only deduct 80% of it, but again, I'm absorbing that because it's one of the benefits I can give my guys, uh, that, uh, that I can afford to do. So, well, and let's, let's also point out that we used to have a basically all expenses paid trip to the truck show before operation enduring cluster uh yeah. started and shut everything down so that was another big nice benefit that we used to have and i don't know that we'll ever have again but i digress 
stop before I dig the hole too deep. So, well, we've been going an hour and 35. Uh, it's probably good enough. Look, guys, have some confidence, a, a confidence enough to say, I need to understand what's going on here. You know, do, do the, do the work, do the research, spend the time in educating yourself about how things work. Don't just blindly sign up for this garbage that these carriers, they, these carriers will screw you blind if you let them. So don't let them stop it. Just stop. That's where I'm going to end it. Don't do stupid things. How many times have we said that? Quit doing stupid stuff. Yeah. Well, and, sign, me... and signing the contract that you don't understand. Yeah. Pretty much stupid. <clears throat> well, as we have said, we are adding trucks. We plan to add, what, eight, nine more trucks this year? Our uh, goal is to be at 20 by the end of the year. And we got eight. Um, we had nine, but unfortunately... I have to have memorial service. We for, had a casualty this in two weeks ago in the North, in the New England weather. Yeah, I'm gonna go disaster. Ahead. We had a casualty. So, oh, oh, Metro. Uh, the, the, yeah, if you if you all been a long time listener, Metrosexual is no longer with us. We're gonna have a memorial service for him probably one day next week, maybe. Yeah. So, who would have ever dreamed that? That Mercedes engine would outlive the truck at one was it one point nine million? One point one point eight five million. Yeah. And the only thing it ever had was a head head in in the last three months we put heads on it, head yeah. on it. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, never had the engine worked on and uh, it outlived the truck. So Yeah. Bless his heart. So um so we're you know adding trucks, adding drivers, go to drive for blue ribbon or just blue ribbon logistics.com, fill out the form. And let us know um, where you're at and what you're doing. And you can also send us an email, Chris at blueribbonlogistics.com and Larry at blueribbonlogistics.com. And uh, we'll get back with you and uh, we'll set up a video interview. We've done quite a few of those here lately. And uh, we'll sit down and talk to you for a while. And, uh, and we do answer the email. I and mean, it might not be right away, but we yeah. do. We're caught up. So. If, yeah, if you haven't heard um, from keep, us. Keep this in mind too. If you, because uh, there's something weird going on, Greeny. Huh? R.I.P. Greeny. <laughs> it's it's uh, metrosexual. Okay, come on, get yeah, it right. Right. Um. Uh. Yeah, the driver is fine. He it, it yeah, hurt. Driver, it hurt, it hurt his pride a little bit, but you know he wasn't going very fast. But uh, listen, if you fill out the form, because this has been happening, it's weird. People are filling out the form. And we're responding to the form and we never hear from them again. So we don't know if our response is landing in your junk. Um, but when you sent, when you fill out the form, Larry will send you a welcome letter. Um, you know, that's kind of the next step. And we'll send letters out to people crickets, you know, and I'm, I'm ha I don't, I'm not understanding why you would fill out the form and then ignore every piece of correspondence and text message and phone, but whatever. I, I had one guy this week whose email I, I couldn't send a letter to because his email wasn't accepting mail. Right. Yeah. So, so if you're uh, that guy, you just give, you know, give us another shot. Yeah. Um, so check, we, we will respond to you. If you're not, if you sent us something and you didn't get something back, check your junk. Cause it's, it, it's on you. We did yeah. it. Yeah. So. We're getting, we're not getting the, the bounce back. So, 
And we've got trucks and we need a couple of drivers. So, yeah, we certainly are. Yeah. So this concludes episode. Episode. What was that that word? Episode 85, avoiding contract scams in the trucking industry. Send us an email, fill out the form, check us out on uh, the Facebook and the YouTubes and share this with other people. You know, that, that, that would do wonders for us. If, if you enjoy what you got here, you know, send somebody a text message with a link to the video, like, and subscribe and all that good stuff. And until next time, we'll see y'all later. Night, everybody.